Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. Football is finally back and I am going to be coming to you with our week one NFL picks against the spread. We're going to be going through every single game with a loaded week one slate. We're going to be talking about spreads. We're going to be talking about player props. We're going to be talking all sorts of stuff, all the picks you need ahead of week one of the NFL season. Let's jump in. Let's begin our week one preview with the primetime game Thursday night football. The defending champion Los Angeles Rams taking on the Buffalo Bills, the presumptive favorite this year, the Vegas betting odds favorite to win the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills. This game comes in with the Bills being favored at minus two and a half. This line has stuck around this minus three to minus two and a half number since inception. I think it may have opened at minus three and a half, but We finally settled around minus two and a half here, and I think this is a fair line. My early impression is people are keen to hammer the Bills here. I think people are very eager to fade a Rams team that people thought maybe was a little bit fluky last year, their Super Bowl victory, for the record. I disagree with that, Um, but I think people are very eager every year to crown a new champion, to crown a new king of the NFL. And I'm here to tell you, looking at some of these bets, that the bets are really really favoring the Bills. 69% of all tickets right now are on the Bills. 85% of the money is on them. 74% of the bets are on the over. This is a public game, and you're always going to see this from these prime time games. A little tip here that I always have, I try as best I can to avoid betting the money line or any of the spread action on these Thursday night football games simply because Thursday night football is weird. Fluky stuff happens. A lot of times teams are on shorter rest. Uh, That doesn't really matter here because we're opening up the season. But even these opening season games uh, tend to be a little bit strange with how they, they progress year to year. With that said, I don't really advise taking either team here. If you're going to bet, I think there are safer bets. I think that most people are going to want to throw something on this game because it is the first game of the NFL season, right? I'm one of those people. You're better off not doing that. Don't bet the spread. Take some player props. Enjoy your time watching this game and just don't fall into the public narratives of the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. They have Josh Allen. They're going to kick this team's ass and the over is going to hit. Don't do that. If I did have a play here in terms of the spread, I would do a six-point teaser where we get to tease the line six points in either direction, and I would tease the Rams plus eight and a half and the under at 58 and a half. And the reason I would do that is because I love to fade the public in these big, high-level prime time spots. I generally try to avoid doing a teaser within the same game just because a lot of times you may find yourself in a situation where the Rams can come back to cover that eight and a half line, uh, but that'll put you over your projected under bet. There's no way for you to win both legs of that teaser. But here, if you're going to bet anything, I would go with that Rams plus eight and a half and under 58 and a half with that six point tease. But more likely, I advise you guys take player props in this game. Go with my first prop pick here, Gabriel Davis under four and a half receptions. Gabriel Davis only hit the over on this total three times in 19 games last year. This guy was not a volume catching threat. He is a big play threat who I think is being overvalued in part because of his major explosion in that last playoff game against the the Chiefs. For those of you who don't remember, he caught for 200 yards and four touchdowns, which is pretty damn good. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a harbinger of 
continued domination from this guy. In his last regular season game last year, we saw him get 13 targets and only three receptions. Even when he's seeing volume to some extent, he's not necessarily converting those high leverage opportunities. And we see that this is a guy who, to me, feels like little more than a red zone scoring kind of option for this Bills team. I think that five receptions from him would be a big overachievement. I'm fading the public on this one. You're going to have to pay some juice on this at minus 150, but Gabriel Davis under four and a half receptions. Next up is one of my favorite bets in any primetime game. We're going to go with Josh Allen, first touchdown scorer at plus 1,100. I love to bet the quarterback in a primetime game rushing touchdown as first score. This bet hits more often than you would expect it to, and when it does, it is so, so glorious because it just sets the mood maybe for the entire NFL season. I may honestly sprinkle a little action on Matthew Stafford at plus 6,000 to have the first scorer in this game as a rusher. I don't see a world in which that happens, but you'd be surprised how often these teams in these primetime games, for whatever reason, get near the goal line and do some fluky quarterback sneak stuff or where they're just pushing the pile forward and converting those early touchdowns in these primetime spots. So Josh Allen, first touchdown scorer at plus 1,100, and Matthew Stafford at first touchdown scorer at plus 6,000. Come on, let's do it. We're going to have some fun with this game. Moving on to the Sunday slate. The 1 o'clock afternoon slate, we begin with the Baltimore Ravens at the New York Jets. This game may move because it was just released that Zach Wilson may be able to play in this game, where we thought that we may be getting Joe Flacco. I know that plenty of people, myself included, were very eager to bet on this Ravens team to kick the shit out of this terrible Jets team. The Jets are must improve. So everyone spent all offseason lauding the Jets for all their offseason moves, their draft. They had a really strong draft, good free agency signings. Unfortunately, Mekhi Becton gets injured for them. Zach Wilson, one of the more raw prospects we've seen, misses a lot of time within the preseason to continue his development. And now we're left with the Jets team that we don't really know what to make of, right? On the Ravens side of things, Lamar Jackson is coming back on a revenge tour after missing a lot of time last year. People have been doubting him more so than even before his MVP campaign a few years ago, because last year he really struggled. He showed some flaws within that impeccable resume he's built since really bursting onto the scene at Louisville. And people were very eager to say, oh, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Those are terrible numbers. Maybe Lamar isn't as good as everyone crowns him to be. And I think that everything from Ravens camp seems to indicate that this team is going to be on a revenge tour this year. Unfortunately for them, we don't know the availability of their running backs. They signed Kenyon Drake. J.K. Dobbins said he's not going to start the season on the pup. At the time of this recording, his availability hasn't been confirmed either way for this game on Sunday. But I don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to play. I think the Ravens are going to be without J.K. Dobbins. And if that's true, then I'm a little bit doubtful that they end up covering this seven-point line, despite the fact the Ravens are a much better team. I'm going to keep this line in mind for one reason specifically. I mentioned teasers before where we can adjust the line six points in either direction or seven points in some cases with adjusted juice on those bets. This game to me screams as a teaser opportunity because while I don't necessarily believe that the Ravens cover that seven point line, which may drop or go higher depending upon what the books make of Zach Wilson. I do think if this line stays the same by Sunday, I will be teasing it down to minus one for the Ravens because I don't see a world in which the Ravens are losing this game to the Jets. Almost always, we have some sort of fluky result week one of the NFL season. Uh, Last year, we had a blowout from the Falcons just throttling the 
AFC would-be one-seed Titans in Week 1. And we really saw some huge plays in that game, just just an absolute ass-kicking in Tennessee. We've seen seasons where, I think it was two years ago, the Jaguars win Week 1, go on to lose every game for the rest of the season. So you got to be aware that Week 1 of the NFL season can be a bit of a trap. It's a bit of a minefield. We don't really know what to make of these teams yet, and we don't really have a sense of how these rosters are going to shake out. I typically try to limit myself in terms of my picks for Week 1 for this very reason, because... It's just so fluky, man. The the way these games sort of unfold reveal a lot about what these teams think they are and what they will be for the regular season and the disconnect that is often there. How these teams think of themselves before the pads are really going, before the the teams are between the, the white lines and what they ultimately will be this NFL season. So be wary of that. Just keep that in mind as you're capping these games, thinking about what you want to bet here. Moving on. We're talking about the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons, an Atlanta Falcons team that loses Matt Ryan that I think is the favorite to be the number one pick in next year's draft, the worst team in the NFL this year. Five and a half line feels fishy to me. I I look at this line. I don't really understand it. The New Orleans Saints lose Sean Payton, lose their head coach. Um, They they bring in Dennis Allen as, as their new head coach, former defensive coordinator. They keep their former OC. Jameis Winston comes back from an ACL tear. They have Kamara here. They have Michael Thomas back after a two-year sabbatical of being a big weirdo. And they bring in Chris Olave in the first round. This is going to be the best defense in the NFL, in my mind. I look at this line, five and a half spread over under at 42 and a half. 74% of the bets right now are on the Saints. 85% of the money is on the Saints. So the public is really leaning hard into this being a Saints cover, Saints blowout. The thing here is people often refer to this five and a half point area as the Vegas zone because you don't really feel great having this line where it is at five and a half, that four and a half to to five and a half range because it doesn't cross any key numbers. Three and seven are the key numbers when it comes to betting football. Um, So this too would likely be a stay away game for me. I may try to fade the public here. If I have a pick in this game, it would be the Falcons plus five and a half. And that has very little to do with my faith in the Falcons. But I mentioned that every year we have some sort of strange result. Based on everything I'm seeing from these lines this week, it seems like Vegas seems to think that the Falcons may at least keep this game close. I will, in all likelihood, sprinkle a little bit of money on the Falcons' money line this game and hate myself midway through the second quarter when they're getting blown out. But if that does pan out, it could be a fun win there because it could be that that strange result we're always looking for in week one of the NFL season. You can get the money line on the Falcons at plus 185 right now. I wouldn't go too crazy with it because it is a long shot play. Moving on, we'll talk about the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. If you look at the bet spread on this game, it is similarly dispersed. The line here is minus three for the Dolphins. The over-under is set at 46 and a half. I see a lot of action on the Dolphins when looking at this team. Obviously, in the offseason, they bring in Tyreek Hill. They bring in new head coach Mike McDaniel. The Patriots are a bit of a dumpster fire right now. They've split play-calling abilities between Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, two hair-brained dum-dums who we've seen flame out in the NFL at just about every level. Neither of those guys seems to have much experience calling an offense, so we shall see how this all shakes out. I'm not sure if I'm buying into the Belichick genius narrative at this point. Seems like a guy who maybe on the downturn here, we could see him sort of walking away from the sport within the next couple of years uh, once he closes in on that all-time win threshold. But looking at these rosters and looking at the bet spread right now, I have 66% of the bets on the Dolphins. I have 75% of the money on the Dolphins as well. And 
I know we're talking about fading the public. We're going with that a lot this week. But the pick here, to my mind, is the Patriots plus three. I wouldn't go heavy on this pick, the Patriots plus three, but the bet that I really like from this game is instead under 46 and a half. And the reason for that is simple. I walked through every new coaching hire this upcoming season a few months ago now on this show, and I talked about how the Dolphins' new head coach, Mike McDaniel, has been a run-first guy. Everywhere he's gone, he's been in charge of the run game. It's been a real priority for him. We saw a Niners team that was very good, very competitive, be near the bottom of the league in terms of pace of play last year. And I think that this Dolphins team is trying to iterate on that form of offense that we've seen from these former Mike McDaniels teams in terms of running the ball, feeding this group of backs that they have put together there in terms of Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds. And despite all the flashy toys they brought in in terms of Tyreek Hill and retaining Jalen Waddell and putting all these tools around Tua, I believe this is going to be a low-scoring, low-pace-of-play game. We don't know what this Patriots offense is going to look like. All the beat reporters think that this is one of the ugliest camps they've ever seen in their time covering the sport. They're transitioning from a power-rushing scheme to a more zone-centric rushing scheme, which is a big, major transition that may take some weeks to sort of figure the kinks out. So more than likely, I will be avoiding betting on the Patriots plus three, though I do think that is the pick here, and I'll be more likely throwing some money on the under 46.5 in this game. Moving on, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield revenge game. Uh, the Browns famously trade Baker Mayfield in the offseason, replacing him with the disgraced quarterback, Deshaun Watson, who is suspended the first 12 games of this season. The line here is at minus two and a half in the Panthers' favor, and the over-under is at 41 and a half. At this time, we see a Panthers team that brings in Baker Mayfield, replaces Sam Darnold. They bring back DJ Moore. They bring back Christian McCaffrey, who has been largely injured for most of the last two years, and they're hoping he can finally stay on the field because he's been such a superstar when he has been able to stay on the field. In looking at this line, we have Jacoby Brissett starting for the Browns. That's likely the only reason this Panthers team is favored. The Panthers have an improved O-line this offseason, but I'm not necessarily buying into this version of the Panthers. Matt Patricia is a lame duck coach, and generally, I hate hate betting on lame duck coaches. What would it take for him to remain head coach of the Panthers this year? A Super Bowl berth? A Super Bowl win? I think he's as close to dead as, as it comes in terms of NFL coaches. He's more likely to be the first coach fired than he is to lead this Panthers team to a playoff berth. With that in mind, looking at week one, I don't understand why the Browns are not favored in this game. They're on the road, so you get that three-point swing. Obviously, Vegas thinks they're relatively close without Deshaun Watson, which sort of speaks to the roster construction here. In looking at this line, I have to say, I'm loving, loving the Browns. I mentioned before that we want to keep an eye out for teaser teams here, right? And another key factor I look at when assessing these teaser teams is low over-under totals. If I can get an underdog in a game with a low over-under total, I love to tease them because in those games, typically below 49.5 is what I'm talking about when I say low. And the reason for that is because in those games, those points matter so much. The six points you can tease, it matters so much. So I think my big play this week is likely going to be some form of a teaser of the Browns plus eight and a half and the Ravens minus seven. So, so with the adjusted line, would be minus one. So a teaser with the Ravens spread and the Browns spread is likely going to be my favorite play of this week. It's going to be a big bet that I'm really going to rely on in terms of shaping my week, shaping my bankroll for the weeks to come. 
We shall see how that shakes out. Love the Browns. Love the Browns on the money line, too. I'll likely sprinkle something on that. Typically, if you see one of these closer spreads, like plus two and a half or plus three, the estimated value of your wager is going to be higher on you just betting the, the money line uh, if you really believe in one of these teams here. So I'll likely sprinkle a little bit on the Browns, plus 110, put them in my teaser, and I'm going to be all over the Browns this week. Moving on, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll be quick with this one. I'm a Steelers fan, and the Bengals kicked the shit out of the Steelers last year. They bring back an improved offensive line. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow. This offense is loaded. This team got to the Super Bowl last year and may have actually gotten better. The Steelers obviously replaced the limp corpse of Roethlisberger with Mitch Trubisky and rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett, who will not play in this game. This is Mitchell Trubisky's team for the time being. I think the Steelers team will likely struggle to put together offensive drives, at least in the early part of this game and in the early season. More importantly, in looking at how the Bengals played the Steelers last year, I think this version of the Bengals has the Steelers number. I don't see a world in which the Steelers can win this game, let alone keep it close. I would be impressed by a Steelers loss that comes within 10 points, just given how this Bengals team really took a hurting to the Steelers last year, both on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. The Steelers' offensive line is a disaster, and the Bengals have much improved their own offensive line. I think that's going to be the difference here. I think that we could see a double-digit loss for the Steelers here, and I love the Bengals minus 6.5. The over-under in this game is set at 45.5. If I had a leaning in this one, I would go the over here. I don't love this pick because I think the Steelers could struggle to score points in this game. I believe that the Bengals are going to score points, but the question to me is whether the Steelers can really sustain drives and finish drives in the end zone, at least in the early part of the year, as Mitchell Trubisky struggles to set this offense on the right path. Moving on, the San Francisco 49ers against the Chicago Bears. I don't know how high they could set this line where I would feel uncomfortable taking it. I think the Bears are going to be a disaster this year. Everything we've seen from this offseason has made me and Vegas seem to think that the Bears are doomed. They bring back Justin Fields, a quarterback who really struggled in terms of protection, in terms of getting the shakes from getting bullied by sacks every week. His first start, he gets sacked nine times and throws for like four yards. Matt Nagy is gone. Matt Eberfelis, the new head coach, is stepping in to take over this Bears roster. The San Francisco 49ers are bringing in Trey Lance, his first sort of debut game. And seven points for Trey Lance seems like a lot. I don't know, but at the same time, this line has moved a little bit. It keeps going up and up. It was at six, and it climbed a little bit to seven here. I love the Niners here. This is another game that I'm going to keep an eye on for a tease. These minus seven to minus eight and a half favorites are the guys that I love. I want to tease them down, especially in low over-under games. This over-under in this game is 41 and a half. I'm going to give the Niners minus one, put that in the teaser for me, and I'm going to save that, and we're going to see if I can put it together with another one of our picks coming down the line here. Moving on, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. The total in this game is set at four, a strange line, Vegas zone line, uncomfortable line for me. People are pretty high on the Lions right now. I I think the Lions are getting a disproportionate amount of the action, in part because of the post-hard knocks bump that we often see from teams. This Eagles roster comes in as one of the stronger rosters in the entire NFL. They have Jalen Hurts coming back. The over-under in this game is set at 48.5. Looking at the line ostensibly, I like the over in this game. I, I try to avoid overs in general because they tend to be a sucker's bet. Who wants to bet against human performance? 
you want to see more points, you want to bet on that. And Vegas loves that. They make their money on people wanting to bet over. So keep that in mind as you're looking at these over-unders each week, every week. We'll talk more about it as the season progresses, but just keep it in mind when thinking about it now. In terms of a play on this game, I like the Eagles at minus four. I would take it all the way up to four and a half. Once we start getting past that at key number of minus three, it really doesn't matter to me until we get to really minus four and a half, minus five, where we can see some real fluky stuff affect this game. The Eagles are, to me, going to be one of the more dominant teams in this NFC. I think this NFC is pretty ripe for a team like the Eagles to come in and just kick ass and take names. I'm high on Jalen Hurts. I'm high on this version of the Eagles roster, just really holding court and beating the piss out of teams like the Lions, who, to me, will be a much improved roster, but just won't be able to hang with this Eagles team week one of this year's NFL season. Next up, the Indianapolis Colts versus the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are eight and a half point underdogs in this game. They obviously bring back Davis Mills. No more Deshaun Watson. They're in a strange position, sort of, Year three of this rebuild, year two of this hard rebuild post Deshaun Watson, it's sort of a tough spot. But the Texans weren't that bad last year, right? They brought in Davis Mills, who by all statistical measures was the second best rookie quarterback behind Mac Jones. And the Colts bring in Matt Ryan after shooting Carson Wentz into the sun after their choke job last year, avoiding the NFL playoffs by losing the Jags in in week 17. And the over-under in this game is set at 45 and a half. People are keen to bet on the Colts because the Colts have Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in the NFL. They have Michael Pittman, who is poised to take that next leap to be maybe an elite guy with Matt Ryan at the helm. And people are really just keen to bet against the Texans. The Texans have been a dumpster fire for three years now. If you were betting against them consistently, you've made money. But to me, looking at this line, looking at the public perception of the Texans coming into this season versus what I think this Texas team is actually going to be, This line seems way too high for me. I think the Texans cover this relatively easily. I could see them losing this game by a field goal. I think that's really how this game is going to shake out. I think Davis Mills is really going to show some improvement this year. He's going to show that that he may have a long career in this league as maybe a career backup. I don't know if he's going to be a Super Bowl-worthy player, but he impressed me, and he actually showed me in looking at a lot of the film that he had a lot of tendencies that reminded me of Matt Ryan himself, a, a younger version of Matt Ryan. So... I love the Texans plus eight and a half this week. I'm staying away from the over under. I don't see them covering that money line. I'm not not feeling good enough or spry enough with this Texans team to bet that yet, but give me the Texans plus eight and a half. I'll be sprinkling maybe one or two units on this one because it just seems like a fun bet. I want to root for the underdog and I want to see this Texans team be a little more fun this year. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Washington Commanders. The home commanders are giving minus three points to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Carson Wentz coming in for the Commanders. We have the Jaguars coming off the worst head coaching job in maybe the history of the league with Urban Meyer last year. Rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence last year was a disaster. Comes in hoping to prove people wrong by bringing in Doug Peterson, his first game as Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. They bring in guys like Christian Kirk to really fill out this roster in the offseason. Over under in this game is set at 43 and a half. Looking at this game, it's another game of narratives, right? The Jaguars were a joke last year. Wentz and the Commanders, nobody wants to bet on Wentz. But, 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 Carson Wentz was not that bad last year. And he threw 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. How are you going to tell me? The Commanders, if not for all the Carson Wentz drama of the offseason, would not be five and a half point favorites in this game at home against a team that was a disaster last year. I think the Jaguars are going to be markedly improved. Don't get me wrong. 
But I love the Commanders at minus three. The Commanders are going to take care of business. They should be competing for second place in this division, really, with the roster they've built, as long as Carson Wentz doesn't implode again. I'd be a little more comfortable with the Commanders on the money line at minus 165. But if we're talking spread bets here, I'm going to take the Commanders minus three. Next up, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals, a matchup of two of the NFL's highest scoring offenses over the last couple of years. Patrick Mahomes loses Tyreek Hill. This Chiefs team may not be the Chiefs team of old. They lose Tyron Matthew, the face of that defense the last couple of years. It's going to be a different roster. It's going to be a different year for this Chiefs team. They may not be the behemoth, the total dominant roster we've seen of two years ago. Last year, they struggled to put things together offensively. Now they lose a key part of that offensive attack. They're relying on guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. The Cardinals had a laughable, meme-worthy offseason with Kyler Murray, his video game clauses, his, his almost holdout, all his malarkey. The over-under in this game is set at 53.5, and, and people were maybe a little bit too keen to fade the Cardinals And looking at this line. Four-and-a-half-point line, the Chiefs are going to struggle a little bit offensively. They're not going to be able to hit the ground running in the same way they have over the last several years. And the Cardinals come in with such a stink to them that nobody's going to want to touch this line. To me, there is no way the Cardinals are not at least keeping this game competitive. People are so eager to fade Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, myself included, because I think Kingsbury is no good. And I think Kyler is a little bit too injury prone to really sustain a high level of NFL play over the offseason. But you know what? Kyler Murray has been the September MVP of the NFL for two years running now. And I am going to believe in Kingsbury and the Cardinals early in the season every year until they show me why I shouldn't. Give me the Cardinals plus four against the Chiefs at home. Next up, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Remind me again, somebody, who won that last game with the Raiders and the Chargers? Because if you were to ask most people, they would say, oh, the Chargers won, right? But the Raiders made the playoffs. They were the ones who held off the Chargers to get to the playoffs. They were a playoff team last year. The Chargers were not due to some time-keeping malarkey. The Chargers just making a lot of mistakes last year in close games, really. The line in this game is set at minus 3.5 for the Chargers. This is a really tough line to me. The over-under is set at 54.5. The Chargers are obviously the favorite here. People are loving the Chargers as a possible Super Bowl team. The Raiders themselves play this Chargers team pretty tough. They bring in Chandler Jones. They're a markedly improved roster as well. I couldn't feel good betting against the Raiders here, even though I love the Chargers, even though I think everyone really loves the Chargers here. That's why if I had a pick here, it would be the Raiders plus three and a half. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on this. I'm going to take the Raiders at plus three and a half. I just think that people are fading this Raiders team too easily. They're getting too caught up in the Chargers hype. This is going to be a tough divisional game, high scoring. That over-under scares me, but the over is the lean here just because they they set these lines so high. I know how these Chargers and Raiders offenses like to score. They brought in so much playmaking with Devontae Adams, everyone with the Raiders. So the lean here for me would be the Raiders plus three and a half and the over 52 and a half. One of our final four games here, the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. The line here is only one and a half, over under a 48 and a half. I love the Vikings here. The Vikings are a team that is on the ascent. The Packers, maybe the the rumors of their fall from grace have been greatly exaggerated. I think this defense will be extremely good, even in the absence of Devontae Adams. But if you look at the injury we're already seeing here, Alan Lazard may not play for the Packers. They have an unproven receiver group. This Packers team could fail to finish drives, even if they are moving the ball relatively well. I'm high on this Vikings offense now. After this full offseason of sort of talking trash about them and saying how they're not really going to put it all together, it just seems to me that this team's going to be much better than I thought they would. I'm buying the Vikings week one plus one and a half. 
rushing to sort of get through some of these games before we run out of time here. The New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans. The line here is minus six. Uh, the Titans are favored. The Giants are coming off a disaster class. The over-under here is set at 43 and a half. The Titans are the former one seed overall in the AFC last year. The Giants were a joke with Joe Judge coaching them. They quit on games. Joe Judge ran two QB sneaks in a row on third and fourth down, one of the most pitiful displays of football acumen I've ever seen in my entire life. And now, why would I bet on the Giants against the Titans? Can, can someone explain that one to me? The over-under in this game is pretty low. It doesn't make sense to me, but looking at this line, it feels like the Giants are the play. And the reason for that is purely the fact the Titans had a disaster of an offseason. They trade away A.J. Brown. This roster seems to be trending in the wrong direction. Everything from this team has sort of been bad juju ever since the end of their season last year where Tannehill imploded in the playoffs against the Bengals. The Giants have been such a disaster. I'm not sure why people would be looking to bet on them, even myself. It doesn't feel good that the Giants is my lean in this game. But to me, I think Dable, their new head coach, is going to light a fire under this Giants team's ass week one. And even if they don't win, being competitive against last year's AFC number one overall seed is a big accomplishment for this Giants roster. On top of that, we've already seen the Titans play down to their competition. Last year, if you'll remember, the Jets beat the Titans. Obviously, that was a, an away game for the Titans. The Giants are going to Tennessee here late in the afternoon, and so it'll be a little bit different of an environment. But at a low over and underscore, 43 and a half, I'm keen on the Giants keeping this thing close within six points and covering that six-point spread. Now, our last two games here, Sunday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the line here is minus one and a half for the Bucs. The Cowboys have been faded all offseason. They have a lame duck coach. Uh, McCarthy could be replaced by Sean Payton next offseason. We don't know. Tom Brady took two weeks off to maybe film The Masked Singer, maybe going through a divorce. All bad juju from the Bucs, whose entire offensive line has got hurt. Todd Bowles, his first game as head coach. Give me the Tampa Bay Bucs here. I am all aboard this game being a shootout. Give me the over in this game. 50 and a half is the over underline. Despite everything with the Bucs, despite Tom Brady not practicing, despite the fact this guy's 45 years old, the Bucs are going to take care of business against the Cowboys in prime time until such time as the Cowboys prove otherwise. I am fading this Cowboys team in prime time at every opportunity. This Cowboys team feels like it's on the brink of disaster, and I'm going to be using every opportunity I have to fade them until such time as they prove otherwise. Our final game now, Monday Night Football, the Broncos at the Seahawks. The line here is 41 and a half. The Seahawks here are catching six points. Russell Wilson, revenge game, goes back to his former team, uh, goes back to his former home where he won a Super Bowl, appeared in two, was the king of Seattle for so long. I don't like Russell Wilson and the Broncos in this game. I think the Seahawks cover the six points going back. Pete Carroll is going to be having this team play tough. If I was really going to have a confident play here, I'd love to tease this score down for the Broncos because I don't see a world in which the Seahawks win this game. But I do see a world in which the Seahawks at least keep this close, playing tough, buying into the narrative. Seahawks plus six, maybe sprinkle something on the over 41 and a half in this game. That concludes our week one NFL picks. Be sure to check back next week for more picks. Check in for how we made out this week. Remember, week one of the NFL is a little bit crazy. Things could go wild here. So even if things don't go in our favor this week, remember to check back next week for more picks as we get a better grip on who these teams are. Bye now.